The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. One's for the birds, this one's for the city. This one for the fans that bleed green with me. Push down to 95, to the right is the link. With a team pulling up, knowing that they're getting beat. Exit Broad Street, right on Patterson. Xfinity Live, CPP, what's happening? Dub F Lot, stop by F1. Fly, Eagles Fly, you hear the song getting sung? What team in the league is number one? Burn gang, burn gang, yeah, I said it twice. You heard me say it once, now you sure you heard it right. No lies being told, yeah, it's all facts. It ain't big friend of Kelly, we don't rock with that. Any given Sunday, we don't ever slack. Yeah, we got an SP, time to run the back. And even on the road, yeah, we taking over. All you see is see is green like you at the Nova. Can't let your bunch of squad, bro, it's only us. A cheesesteak tailgate, yeah, we good, bruh. Beer pong, baptism, you already know. Conshot, tomato pie. Here we go, broadcasting live from NBC Sports Philadelphia Studios for the final time in the 2019 NFL season. Welcome to the season finale of Fourth and John, episode number. 120. Boys and girls, we are about to embark. We are about to participate. We are about to enjoy one of the greatest American traditions there is, and that's enjoying our friends and family and Super Bowl Sunday. Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. Congratulations to the San Francisco 49ers in making it to the big game. But meanwhile, For the rest of the 30 teams in the NFL, while we are getting ready to partake and indulge in that one last hurrah where we show our love for the game of football, just beyond that is the NFL offseason. Yay. Cannot wait. Because the time-old, age-old tradition in Philadelphia, and you'll hear it on Philly Sports Talk Media, you'll see it on the TV, and that is this is the most important offseason in Philadelphia Eagles history. Now, granted, it seems a little trite. It's, it, it seems a little cliche because the fact of the matter is all offseasons are important for the Philadelphia Eagles. But I will partake. I'll play ball in a tradition, and I will say this is one of the most important offseasons in recent Philadelphia Eagles history. And the reason I say that is because as I've tried to separate myself from the what-ifs and the what-could-have-beens and the, and, and, and the disappointment that was the 2019 Eagles season, I'm trying to indulge in the postseason and watch all the other teams play. And as I'm watching the other teams play in the postseason, I can't help but note everybody's arc. 
Isn't it true that everybody is on an arc in the NFL, mm-hmm. right? You take a look at the teams in the postseason. You take a look at the 49ers. Now, granted, they didn't have success last year, mostly due to injury, relatable. But if you saw what John Lynch was doing, bringing in Shanahan, getting from the New England Patriots the heir to the throne, heir to Tom Brady's throne and Jimmy and Garoppolo, drafting Bosa, getting Richard Sherman via free agency to help bring a veteran presence to that secondary and that defense, you knew, if you watch closely, their arc was trending upwards. Now, granted, it skyrocketed. You look at the Kansas City Chiefs arc. Seven years ago, Andy Reid comes on as head coach, goes and drafts himself a quarterback. Quarterback sits behind Alex Smith for a year, learns the trade, comes on, takes the league by storm. Their arc was ascending upwards. They made some key free agent acquisitions. They let some key free agents go. They shed some dead weight. They made some trades, and here they are in the big game. Take a look at the Ravens, right? Last year, when Lamar Jackson was in the playoffs, got bounced out, a terrible performance. We were all wondering whether Lamar Jackson was big trust, was the truth. And then all of a sudden, they, they pair the right quarterback with the right offensive coordinator, go out in free agency, get the right running back, and man, their arc skyrockets. What about the Patriots? Where's their arc trending? Up or down? That is a downward trend. Plummeting. You you have New England playing in the wild card in Foxborough for the first time in what it seems like forever. Tom Brady's out in Las Vegas talking to that half-man, half-muppet Mark Davis, now the rumors are he's going to be an L.A. or, or, or a LA Raider. Listen to me, old head over here. <laughs> but they're trending downwards. What would you say about Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers? Ooh. Still not talking to his family. Are they, are they trending upwards? Are they trending down? Where are they trending? Aaron Rodgers is going to be another year old. I would argue maybe trending downwards. Same thing with Drew Brees. Another year older. Missing yet another opportunity. Trending down. The whole reason why I'm bringing these examples up and the whole reason why I'm saying that this offseason for the Philadelphia Eagles could be one of the most important offseasons in recent Philadelphia Eagles history is because when I looked in the mirror and I said, where are the Philadelphia Eagles trending? Couldn't answer the question. I don't know. They could be trending up. They could be trending down. There's arguments to be made for both. I mean, you want to, to talk about trending upwards? Okay, let's talk about trending upwards. Let's talk about a team that was decimated by injury, still won the division with basically overperforming practice squad players. Let's, let's talk about Carson Wentz finally finishing a regular season healthy. Let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys and the, and the, and the Washington Redskins and the New York Giants. Let's talk about a team that uh, Jeff Mosher tweeted – Eagles finished 12th in points scored, 4th in 3rd down percentage, 3rd in red zone efficiency despite major injuries. You can make an argument that if the players come back, that need to come back, and come back healthy, that the Philadelphia Eagles once again will be trending upwards. You could also make the argument that they're trending downwards. You can, you can also <laughs> no, make that absolutely. argument. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a little awkward... Last episode, having to watch from my hotel room at Valley Forge Casino. Jason Ashworth did a fine job. Shout out to him for filling in for me. But as you guys really dissected the roster and the offseason moves and who's going to stay and who's going to go and the area's concerned, man, I'm looking at this roster and I'm going, there's a lot of work to be done. What do you do with the, at the wide receiver position? There's going to be key offensive line members leaving, whether it's Big V or Jason Peters. Do you have all those positions filled 
What are you doing at defensive end? What are you doing at linebacker? The secondary is a monster question mark. Two cornerbacks, your starting cornerbacks going into the season being free agents. Malcolm Jenkins isn't going to play underneath that contract. Rodney McLeod's a free agent to be. Major question marks. The Eagles can go in either direction. I don't know which way they're trending, which is why this offseason is, in fact, so crucially important. The Eagles are going to have to find a delicate balance between rebuilding, retooling, infusing this team with young, talented players, with youth, cheap, talented players, and winning now. Because Philadelphia Eagles fans, let's level level with each other, right? I know you, you know me, and you know anything short of win now simply is not going to fly in Philadelphia. So it is so incredibly important this offseason to find the delicate balance between winning now and being responsible. Winning now and rebuilding. Winning now and not being as foolish as they have been. Take what you've done right and learn from it and repeat it. Take what you've done wrong, especially in the last two years, learn from it and move on. They're going to be aggressive in free agency. They're going to have a lot of draft capital to play with. It's going to be so important. But even though I'm getting ready to party for the Super Bowl, and it's going to be a long offseason, off I am, in fact, looking forward to it. Mr. Gail Saunders, Eagle Sessions on Twitter. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing good. I mean, the Super Bowl's coming up. Our squad's not in it. So I'm a little, you know, a little sad by that. But, Understandable. Uh, uh, just talking about, um, you know, this team getting it right. I, I think it's, it's the get, get It Right Tour. You know, Howie Rosen really has to be on his – Ish this offseason, you know, making sure the right moves are happening, making sure they have the right coaches in place as well. But just thinking about, you know, like draft season, having multiple picks, which is very huge. Like in the last couple drafts, we've had very short amount of picks. Yep. You know, like, yep. you know, we moved up, we did some other things. But, you know, we're going to have a lot of capital. Uh, those comp picks are going to come in healthy and handy. But I, I think, you know, th- this personnel group, they really got to get it right. Uh, mm. and, and if you really want to ball on a budget and, and make really, you know, big moves in the, in the offseason, you got to get it right, man. Like, you know, hitting on these draft picks, you know, is so imperative 100%. to like, you know, like saving money, having these guys on fixed contracts moving forward. I, I think that's most important. But I think, you know, like we, we want to get back to the Super Bowl. We don't want to be trending down. I don't want to be sitting here watching Super Bowls for the next five years and be like, oh, that's great. We could have been there. I think it's, uh, you know, I, I, I want to be on Broad Street again for the second time with my boys. You want to take like, want to taste it again. Just crying like a, 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 you know. A kid. A kid. Yeah. A kid. But I mean, li- li- living a dream. And that's the delicate balance. That's the delicate balance that they're going to play between retooling and going for it all now. Win now versus rebuild. Because you can't have it both ways. You can try to play it both ways, but oftentimes I find that when people try to play it both ways, you stay even. You're either trending up or you're trending down. If you're staying even, by proxy, you are trending. If you're not moving up, you're moving aside for somebody else. So again, crucial, important offseason. Evan Hollywood Hearn, how you doing this evening? 
I'm doing all right. Uh, we're coming off of what I, I consider um, one of, like, probably, I mean, the Super Bowl is very exciting, but I think that the championship weekend is probably the most exciting weekend in football. Just, just just based off, you get two very action-packed games versus the one. You get, I mean, any team that's left in championship weekend is a, is a contender, is a really good team. I thought we had some good football. I thought it was very interesting, uh, coming off of what you said, just the downward trend of uh, different teams across the league, Aaron Rodgers in particular. Um, and the Green Bay Packers. And just to build off what you said in your opening is that now more than ever is is an important time to really get this team right because as I'm looking at all these downward trends of like the pillars that have been the NFL mm. of the past, mm. the Patriots on a downward trend, the Saints with an aging quarterback, the Green Bay Packers with an aging quarterback, these are all teams that have been perennially been like elite teams in there every single year. So now what I'm seeing is that the NFL is up for grabs. So you really need to uh, you need to cash in on some draft picks, cash in free agency, and build a team. Because right now, I think going into uh, the next couple seasons, it's really anybody's league. It's whoever's willing to ta- uh, take a grab at it. And now, don't get me wrong. It was very refreshing this postseason to see some fresh faces in the playoffs, mm-hmm. to see some new up-and-comers in the playoffs, and to see, you know, some regulars in there, but honestly, to see the regulars kind of get bounced out a little a little early. Yep. I, did, I was worried a couple years ago about the state of the NFL. Like, what is going to happen when the Bradys finally hang it up, mm-hmm. when the Drew Breeses are washed, when Peyton Manning finally retires, Ben Roethlisberger, all, the, all these quarterbacks. What happens when this generation of quarterbacks moves on mm-hmm. where is the where is the league going to be and and my pleasant surprise and it didn't take very long there has been such an influx of great quarterback talent whether you're talking about Patrick Mahomes whether you talk yeah. about Garoppolo the two quarterbacks that are going to be featured in the Super Bowl whether you talk about Lamar Jackson whether you're talking about hey you want to throw in Carson Wentz Jared Goff all, all these different players it's it, it's refreshing and fun to know that the league is going to be in good hands from the marketability standpoint of these quarterbacks that are going to carry the league forward it was refreshing to see those things but also it dawned on me while we're talking about arcs like look dude some of these some of these old head quarterbacks that we're talking about some of the guys that have been perennial playoff contenders for years some of the some of the quarterbacks that we've looked at every single year and saying Aaron Rodgers is capable of bringing this team to the to the Super Bowl every single year Aaron Rodgers, for as great as he has, has won Super Bowl. Drew Brees, for as great as he has, all, all-time leader in passing touchdowns and all the records that he has, yada, 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 won Super Bowl. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is hard in the league to win a Super Bowl. It is just as hard, if not more difficult, to get back. So again, I look at this Philadelphia Eagles team, and I wonder where exactly they are trending. Are they trending upwards? Are they trending downwards? And I can't answer that as of right now. Mm-hmm. All I can do is sit back, hope that Howie Roseman learns from his mistakes, also learns from some of the good things that he's done, and gets this offseason right and is able to find that delicate balance between winning now and preparing for the future. A big part of that equation, a giant part of that equation is what exactly the Philadelphia Eagles are going to do at offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. That, that That is a huge, huge issue. And listen, I know right now a lot of Eagles fans are in panic mode. Like, it's panic mode out there because they don't think anybody wants the job. Oh my God, we fired Grow, and now all of a sudden we can't find anybody to replace it. Replace him. Eagles interviewed USC quarterback coach and offensive coordinator 
uh, Graham Harrell on Friday expected to remain with USC. First of all, let me address that one. Just because a college coach is expected to stay with his college team does not mean that the Eagles didn't take a pass on that individual. Everybody's out there assuming that he took a pass on the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles aren't going to come out with a statement and say, no, yeah, he interviewed, we, you know, we, we were exploring opportunities, we chose to take a pass on him. They're never going to come, that's bad football business. That doesn't happen in the NFL. So you're not going to hear that. But what people are automatically assuming is that Yo, he didn't want the job. He's going back to USC, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the other guy, Urban from uh, the Ravens, you know, yeah. he, he went back to his spot in Baltimore. I, I just think, you know, if you're coming here, you know Dougie P is calling the place. Right. Um, you just have to come to reality that you're going to be sort of a consultant, mm-hmm. kind of like a game manager, you know, his, his wingman, mm-hmm. pretty much. So, I mean, I, I think you... There, there's there's a lot of good guys out there. I think the one guy that I'm leaning towards right now is Caldwell. Yeah. You know, he's got a guy that's not shooting for your position. You know, he he's a he can mentor. He he's got some Super Bowls under his on, on his resume. Mm-hmm. But I, I think you know Caldwell. You know, you. I mean, is he a guy that um is he gonna push Dougie P? He, can he push Carson Wentz? Is the main thing for me. Mm-hmm. You know, he he's played with guys like. Um, Peyton. Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. Joe Flacco during the Super Bowl run. So I think if, whoever can get the most out of Carson Wentz is the guy that I want at this moment. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, sorry not to step on it, but the USC guy, uh, w- w- the point I'm trying to make is the USC guy is expected to go back to USC. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that he was the right guy for the job or the Eagles said, thanks, we'll get back to you, or thanks, but no thanks. Um, you talked about Urban down in Baltimore. Harbaugh actually okayed that interview request, which I was kind of surprised at, but he wanted to stay with the Ravens. To be honest with you, some people just want to stay in the spot that they're at. Why would you want to leave the Ravens? Honestly, why anybody on the Ravens staff right now, why would you want to leave? So I don't blame the guy for wanting to stay with Baltimore. And then you have Kafka, who the Eagles were rumored to be interested in, and I was kind of, although he's a little bit of an unknown, I am certainly not going to judge a former quarterback, backup quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles, who had his tutelage under Andy Reid in Kansas City, may not be calling the plays, but is coming in to help the offense out. I am certainly, and no Eagles fan, is really in the position to judge that kind of thing right now. Because it, you know, it kind of worked out with Doug Peterson, didn't, didn't it? But when you take Eric Bieniemy, who's their offensive coordinator, who's probably and rightfully so going to be a head coach somewhere, it's just right for Andy to want to retain somebody from his offensive staff to then go ahead and call the plays. So, okay, all right, Kafka didn't work out. So you got Urban, Harrell, Kafka, just via circumstance, are not coming to Philadelphia. You mentioned Jim Caldwell. I like the idea. I like the idea a lot. You got a veteran guy. Granted, he was supposed to be assistant head coach slash quarterbacks coach down in Miami. Had to take a leave of absence because of health. There's some health concerns there. Mm-hmm. Apparently, everybody, you like, he's ready to go, right? Yeah, he also groomed Frank Reich as well. He also groomed Frank Reich. What I'm getting at is I don't think the Philadelphia Eagles offensive coordinator position is an undesirable one or really doesn't have, you know, kind of any sort of clout in the NFL. Take a look at Frank Reich. 
He wasn't calling the plays, but guess what? He got to he, he used the Eagles to then continue his coaching career and be a head coach in Indianapolis. So it's not like you look at the Eagles and you say this isn't a good gig. It's a good gig, and it's going to lead you somewhere in your coaching career. You know what I mean? So, it, so I don't. Plus, I, I I think the play calling aspect of it, as you like you you mentioned in the beginning, it's a little overblown. Like not for nothing, but if the New Orleans Saints offensive coordinator position was open, Sean Payton's calling those plays. You go into it knowing Sean Payton's calling those plays. Are you in turn going to say no to the to, to the Saints? Why? 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 Why would you? Why would you know Andy Reid in Kansas City is calling those plays? Andy's always called the plays. Is he still? I think they're splitting duty. Or I was curious. I was going to ask that question. Is that guy calling the plays? That's I think. I think he did. He 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 did the alley oop for Doug Peterson, which is you're going to call plays for the last couple of games, if that's even true at all. <laughs> but you know Andy's running that offense in Kansas City. You're going to turn down an OC position in Kansas City. Sean Payton's calling the plays in in New Orleans. If you were to go to McVay. And and, uh, and and be his offensive coordinator with the Rams. You're going to turn down the Rams position because he's calling the plays? No, it's a good stepping stone. So, again, I don't see the Eagles' offensive coordinator position as an undesirable one. I see it as one that can advance your head coaching career. I'm just seeing this as, like, a, a whole lot of matter of circumstance. Yeah, I think they also have to bring a guy in with some really good um, ideas. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. a guy like John Gruden. Uh, Jay? I mean, Jay, Jay Gruden. Gruden. He actually, uh, you know, like if you know, he might not be the best head coach, but if he has some some good ideas, he also shares the same agent as Doug Peterson, Deuce Staley, Press Taylor, Gail Saunders. Gail Saunders. Uh, so <laughs> maybe if he, he's trying to rebound, get his career back on track, maybe it's a it's an opportunity to, you know, join the squad. Yeah, I mean, Jay Gruden, I don't need Jay Gruden hanging outside of Fado early in the morning. I kind of like know, that. Tr- smoking a, <laughs> smoking a, you kind of like that? Smoking yeah, a Jay yeah. hitting on college chicks. I don't, I don't need my, my OC. Maybe he was bonding with players. <laughs> you know, who knows? I, you want somebody who fits the culture of Philadelphia and all the coaches of Philadelphia are kind of held to the highest regard, the highest standards, and that's what you, which is why, once again, Jim Caldwell. That's my guy seems like such a natural fit at first with the Jim Caldwell thing I was like ah man I don't know it, you, ever, you ever apply for a job and you're kind of overqualified for the job right naturally you're going to go find another job you know what I mean so my biggest concern with Caldwell besides the health thing health thing aside was the fact that this guy is so extremely overqualified for an OC position where he's not even really calling the plays whether he's he's more designing and helping influence the game plan that is that, you know you, you know what i mean that it's like what about the opposite what about the opposite what the self self-announced Dan Orlowski wants to get some type of coaching gig i like the idea but you can't just come in quarterback coach man and, and 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 be a offensive coordinator i don't even think you can come in as as brief as mike kafka's career has been post his playing career i don't think you can just like jump from one thing to another like you have to have a coaching internship uh there, there was rumors about what heinz ward being a wide receivers coach um, Trey Thomas from the 97.5 The Fanatic Morning Show was a coaching into like you have to get your feet you can't just jump in with Dawkins, both feet DB coach too yeah oh, Dawkins man. you know you have to have some sort of even Connor Barwin at the moment yeah, was brought on to be 
Swiss they made up an assistant. He's the assistant assistant to the GM, special assistant. Assistant to the regional. Sounds like you just made that up. It sounds like they just made it. That's the job. But listen, the more the more qualified guys you have in the building, and if and if and if that's Connor Barwin's goal is to be part of a front office, then you do it. Very far and few between do you find the John Lynch's of the world where they just jump into a position and, uh, and, and find success. That is, that is very rare. But while I do not think that the Eagles offensive coordinator position is an undesirable one, I do think they need to act relatively quickly on this issue. They mm-hmm. can't continue to poo-poo around the issue, right? Because not for nothing, you've got Deuce Staley in-house who to my knowledge has not interviewed with anyone nor garnered any interest from anyone you don't want any hurt feelings by Deuce Staley because you keep reaching out getting denied reaching out getting denied reaching out getting denied not that the job isn't undesirable but there's circumstances behind it and then you turn to Deuce and you say you want the job if you're Deuce Staley are you going to take that kindly yeah, no, I, I, I understand. Uh, to, to get back to the Caldwell thing, though, I just, mm. I, I think that, um, like, just hear me out here. Do you think age could possibly be a factor in, the, in this whole situation? Because I'm looking at it. Pete Carroll's the oldest head coach in the league, right? He's at 68 years old, and Jim Caldwell's 65 years old. So you put in a few years with this team, all of a sudden, you know, like you're, you're getting, you're pushing 70 years old. Do you think that maybe it's something that where you're not a head coach and you and you have someone else calling the plays and not saying it's not an important job but you have a little bit less on your plate do you think that could be a factor in him wanting to come here that that could be that 100% could be a factor especially yeah. if you're dealing with health concerns and can't really don't want to have that amount of stuff on your plate right like you can join a veteran staff be a solid contributor be on the sidelines without having to stress out about calling the plays or doing any any real hard in-game, on-the-field decision-making mm-hmm. at the time. Like I said, it could be a natural fit. They just have to move on it quickly. For sure. Right. I, I think it depends on, like, if he wants to, you know, Caldwell comes in here and decides, like, he wants to have, like, this mentor, consultant-type role, you know, and, and just join the, the squad in that way. Uh, he would fit in perfectly. I think he gives Doug a guy that he can sound off to. You know, a guy that has a lot of experience in the mm-hmm. league versus a guy like Gro, who, you know, really didn't have that much experience in the league. This guy's been there, done that. Um, so, yeah. And it makes sense. And, and you never know, too. There could be somebody that they're eyeballing on one of these Super Bowl uh, appearing staffs. You know, it might not be just Mike Kafka they're eyeing up. They could be eyeing up somebody on the 49ers. They could be eyeing up somebody else on the Kansas City Chiefs. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what's going to happen. But a big piece of this offseason puzzle that I'm talking about has to do around the offensive coordinator. Because we've seen the success that Doug Peterson and this Philadelphia Eagles can te- team can have when they have a quality offensive coordinator. See Reich, comma, Frank. <laughs> we can see what happens when the Eagles have an absolute dud at offensive corner uh, coordinator. See Grow comma Mike. But speaking of which, speaking of the teams in the Super Bowl and the offensive staffs and whatever, Gail, got a question for you. All right. So the timeline has been kind of lit up with the whole pro-Andy, anti-Andy debate. Are you rooting for Andy? Are you not rooting for Andy? Do you want to see him win? Are you still bitter he didn't win here? Where is your, where is your positioning 
with the Andy Reid situation. I mean, Uncle Uncle Andy, Uncle is, Andy. is like you know the drunk uncle that comes to your 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 barbecue. You know that that's my guy, man. Like I've I've been riding with Uncle Andy for so long. He's mm-hmm. he's meant so much to the city. Uh, he just didn't get it done. But at the end of the day, like like how could you not want Andy Reid to get a ring? Yeah. Like I mean, who else are you gonna root for? I mean, you're gonna root for the 49ers? Raheem Mostert. I mean, maybe Raheem. <laughs> uh, I mean, like like. I, I just don't understand why people just – I think some people just want to have an argument about something. Like, why wouldn't you root for Andy Reid? Like, I was there when Andy Reid, his, his son, passed away at Lehigh. We both were. And it's like you see a guy come in, you know, some, something so terrible just happened. Yeah. The guy's in the next day coaching. Like, he, 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 loves, the, he loves the game. Yeah. He, he loves his family, but he also loves this game, and he has a respect for it. So – I've seen him from the highs and the lows, and you know he's back at it. He's he's back at the Super Bowl, got another opportunity to win. He's a great talent evaluator. Um, I'm just happy to see him back in the dance. And uh, you know, you know, I don't care who people root for. Like that's not my job to stand up here and tell you who you should you should be pro Andy, you should be anti Andy, like. If you want to root for the 49ers because you feel like they have that it factor that the Philadelphia Eagles kind of had during the 2017 season, fine. Go go root for the 49ers. I don't care. It's not my team. I don't care. If you want to root for Andy because, you know, you're, you're kind of sentimental about his time here in Philadelphia, then go root for Andy. Like, like what I don't understand is really the anti, like, I'm not rooting for the 49ers. I'm not rooting for the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm just rooting for Andy Reid to fail. Like, I don't don't understand that sort of pettiness whatsoever. Now, granted, I want to keep my own hypocrisy in check here because I would be reluctantly happy for him had we not won our own Super Bowl, had we not had our own parade, totally and he wins out in Kansas, yeah, yeah, he wins one out in Kansas City, and all of a sudden I'm stuck here going, well, you won one out there, you couldn't have won one here, you broke my heart time and time again. I might be reluctantly happy for him, but nevertheless, I'm still happy for him. Like those same people that are anti-Andy, I'd be curious to ask them if they're old enough and can remember, were you rooting for Reggie to win that Super Bowl with the, with the Green Bay Packers? I can remember my mother crying watching Reggie White hold up that trophy, pushing camera people out of the way so he could run to the corner of the end zone and hold up that trophy. We were happy for him. We were happy he got that ring. I can remember rooting for Randall in the NFC Championship game with the Minnesota Vikings. Listen, it's the Vikings, but we want to see Randall win one. So what makes Randall and Reggie such a big part and you would root for them, but you wouldn't root for a guy like Andy Reid? Is it because of Buddy Ryan? You you wanted them to be more like Buddy Ryan? Buddy didn't win nothing. Buddy didn't win nothing in this town. In the 20 years prior to Andy Reid coming to Philadelphia, two decades prior to Andy Reid coming to Philadelphia, they had nine playoff appearances. This is spanning this. This is bridging the span between Dick Vermeil to Buddy Ryan to Ray Rhodes. Nine playoff appearances. Five playoff wins, one NFC Championship game appearance, and one Super Bowl appearance in two decades prior to Andy Reid being here. Post Andy Reid, almost happened for real, real, not for play, play. In the 14 years under Andy Reid, right? 
Playoff appearances, eight. One less playoff appearance than two decades. Playoff wins, eight. Three more than those pri- previous two decades. NFC Championship game appearance, five. That's four more, and of course, one Super Bowl appearance. So are you bitter that he didn't win in the postseason? Is that it? Are you, is that why you're bit bitter? Eagles regular season record of 119, 72, and one. We all remember that one. That was when the Donovan forgot there was an overtime. Remember that one? <laughs> so maybe he should have coached the guys up a little better on the on the rules to overtime. Postseason record ten and nine. I think there and lies the anti Andy sediment where because he didn't win the big one or because he came up small in big games, like th- there it is. And I just gotta say, like, let it go. Let it go. We won one. We have a Super Bowl. It's okay to be happy for somebody else who is a former head coach to, to, to win a Super Bowl. I mean, he, he gave us Doug Peterson. He uh, talked Nick Foles out of retirement. Mm-hmm. I mean, his scent is all over this the squad. He's drafted a lot of players on, on this team. Um, so, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's just a matter of I want to see a great game. You know, I, you know, or like how many times have we rooted against the pa- Patriots? Anyone who's pa- playing the Patriots, I'm rooting, rooting against rooting for um so i just want to see the big man have a smile on his face uh and do the kool-aid run through the wall oh yeah you know get it done andy plus plus i i I don't think he needs the ring i don't think he needs the hardware in order to be considered a hall of fame head coach that would solidify it though but that would certainly solidify it like i think andy regardless of whether he wins the game or not is he looking at me sideways is he looking at me sideways? he, he needs it he don't need it. No, but I mean, he, for personal, like he, yo, he needs that ring, bro. He needs that. Sixth all-time regular season wins, two hundred and seven, behind only Don Shula, who has two Super Bowls and is a Hall of Famer, George Hallis, eight-time NFL championship and one of the founding fathers of this entire National Football League, Bill Belichick, who arguably could be the greatest head coach of all time and had six Super Bowls, two as a defensive coordinator, eight in total. He's wearing eight rings on those fingers. Tom Landry, who has two Super Bowls and is a Hall of Famer. And Curly Lambeau, who given two more seasons, Andy Reid was surpassed. Those are the only coaches with more regular season wins than Andy Reid. Now granted, all of them have Super Bowl rings. It would certainly cement it, but I don't really feel like he needs the hard... I don't want Andy being like the Dan Marino of head coaches. Like he was great during the regular season. During the postseason, he would he would kind of crap the bet. Plus, you take a look at like recent Hall of Fame inductees, Bill Cowher, who was just indu- who was just told live on air. By the way, if you haven't seen that video, I watched it like yeah, it three awesome. times. Oh, it was awesome. Jimmy, Jimmy Johnson was great. Uh, yeah, it was. Fa- I like how they're doing it now. That's a great way to surprise some on air people. Because they never see it coming, and all of a sudden you see that lip quivering, and they're like, oh, my they God, is this the leg real? On that one. Yeah. yeah. I, I really so, thought Jim Johnson was going to have a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, for real. Hey, you, you, you left one stat about Andy Reid. He won the punt, pack, pass, and kick competition when he was 13. You know what? I disrespect. <laughs> put, disrespect. Put his, put his bust in the – dude, imagine how goofy, like, an Andy Reid Hall of Fame bust is going to look like. This is going to be this massive head – and then just as, how do you how do you do the mustache? The walrus. In bronze? Mu- walrus <laughs> how, how do you mustache. how do you properly get that big of a mustache in bronze? It's going to be interesting, but it's going to happen someday. Bill Cowher, 149 regular season wins. Again, Andy Reid, 207. Tony Dungy, who was 
a Hall of Fame or a Hall who's announced into the Hall of Fame. Granted, he has his ring. 139 regular season win to Andy Reid's 207. Don't think he needs to win the Super Bowl in order to be a Hall of Famer, but certainly we don't want him to be Dan Marino'd into it. I'm fe- I'm feeling confident about Andy going into this game as well because I'm looking at it and like I think it's pretty fair to say that going into this game. Andy Reid, this is the best quarterback he's ever had going into the Super Bowl, going into the postseason. Probably the best quarterback he's had on his roster. I mean, are we going to argue that Donovan's better than than Patty Mahomes? No, not yeah. at all. So, so that's what I'm saying. Is that I think that he's got that going for him. He learned from his uh, mistakes with the Eagles in bi- putting pieces around that quarterback. He's got truly elite players in Travis Kelsey and mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill uh, to throw to. Um, it's just all adding up. I, I see the Chiefs ultimately ending up uh, winning this thing. Andy gets his ring. He gets that. Uh, he gets that bust with the walrus mustache <laughs> in Canton. We're gonna we're gonna get the Super Bowl predictions in a second, Kev. But uh, <laughs> wanted to check with Trox. This, the uh, the poll that we put up on Fourth and John. What 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 are the what are the fan what's the, what's the split here? What are we talking about here? Okay, the question was: Are you rooting for Andy Reid in the Super Bowl? We have about uh, 810 votes. Wow. Okay. 91% say yes. Yeah. All right. There you go. Real ones. Yeah, the real ones. But you, you know what? 9% you, of petty listen, people. Listen, I don't even I don't even want to call them real ones. You're allowed to root for whoever you want to root for. Real ones. I don't care. <laughs> I just don't understand the anti-Andy sediment. Then again, I want to keep my own hypocrisy in check because if it was Chip Kelly out there, like I'd be rooting for him to just... just not even make the plane to get to the Super Bowl. Now, let me throw this curveball in there. Okay. Let's say Andy Reid wins the Super Bowl. He's got his one, right? Mm-hmm. Next year he goes. Are you rooting for him again, or are you bitter well, at the let's fact? Let's just pump the brakes. Right, let's, let's not go overboard. That you don't want him to do better than we did. Hold I look at it like, like, are you, are you rooting for your? Ex? You want your ex to succeed, right? All of your exes in your love life. You want him to do well, just not better than you. You look yeah, at it that way? Yeah, listen, there's, there's some exes that I have out there. You need to bring back Evan. That, that, you need to bring back Evan. Kevin's out. Evan <laughs> comes back in. There's some exes that I have out there where, hey, listen, it was a long-term relationship. Lasted a long time. We had some good times. We had some successes together. Eventually, it just kind of got stale. You part ways like responsible adults, and you wish that person well. But you don't wish they do better than you. You don't wish they do better than you. So yeah. I wish Andy well. And, this year, uh, this year, but uh, you know, I don't want them seeing making more money than I am. Yeah, I, I think it would have been weird if, like, you know, I, I got those vibes when you know the Chiefs were making a push for the Super Bowl. If he won one before we got one over here, I would have been a little, little butt hurt. Yeah. Um. So I mean, we got that one. So now it's I'm okay for I'm okay with him getting one. This year, absolutely. Next year, we'll be in it. So Obviously, so he won't even Chiefs. have an opportunity. We will beat the Chiefs. So he's not going to have that opportunity. Okay. If Jordan Matthews scores a winning touchdown <laughs> and Andy Reid loses, do you shed a tear for Andy? <laughs> J-Mat, J-Mat, J-Mat. <laughs> well, listen, it's not... It's, 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 I don't understand it's, the J-Mat hate. Listen, it's not only... like If you're not a fan of Andy Reid, that's why you don't want the Chiefs to win. Whatever. I'm not going to talk you out of it, and I, I don't understand it. That's Okay. You're allowed to root who for whatever you want to. There's also LaShawn McCoy, McCoy playing for the Kansas City Chiefs. Ringless, the all-time leading rusher for the Philadelphia Eagles. Which I hope he suits up for. Healthy scratch. Yeah. Recently. Yeah. yeah. But still, would get himself a ring. That'd be a nice way to ice off a pretty damn good career for LaShawn McCoy to get himself a ring there. So, I mean, there's a couple rooting interests out there for 
at least former Eagles or Eagles connections, Jordan Matthews excluded. Hey, you know, regardless, it's going to be a former Eagle winner. Hey, we're forgetting about Wisniewski is on the Chiefs yep. as well. Yep. Wisniewski is on the Chiefs as well. Uh, Harold Carmichael's headed to the Hall of Fame. Yes. Very proud of it. Very happy about it. Again, the, the formula for the Hall of Fame is stats times longevity divided by his historical significance and accomplishments. Uh, certainly didn't have the, the accomplishments, never won a Super Bowl, never held a ring. Certainly had the stats for his time and certainly his historical significance. I mean, I got into an argument one, more, one time with a uh, Hall of Fame voter on Twitter because uh, I was looking at Harold's stats, right? I was kind of living and dying by that formula, and I always do with the Hall of Fame. And I was looking at his stats and where he ranked in the all-time receiving leaders as far as, um, you know, all-time. And I was comparing them to really some, some of the more recent, like the Randy Mosses, the Jerry Rices, uh, the, the Calvin Johnsons, the Larry Fitzgeralds of the world. And this Hall of Fame writer was very quick to say, listen, were you alive to see that man play? The answer was no. So he goes, you would not understand the historical significance that that man played. He revolutionized. He was Randy Moss before Randy Moss. So while he may not have a Super Bowl ring and while he may not have like stats that just blow you out of the water or be in the top 10 of any of that, to see another Philadelphia Eagle go into the Hall of Fame couldn't be ha and really just a truly nice guy. We've had to, we've had the opportunity to interact with Harold Carmichael. Has always been nothing but class. That's why he's still hanging around the organization. That's why he's a you know quasi ambassador to the organization. And overall, it gives us another excuse for a road trip to Canton. I think first and foremost, that's that's yeah. that's important to us. I mean, Harold Car Car Carmichael, four-time Pro Bowl selection, nineteen. 73, 1978, 1979, 1983, three-time second-team All-Pro, 1973, 1979, 1980, NFL, 1970s All-Decade Team, 1980 NFL Man of the Year. I mean, guys putting up numbers. And, and, he, and he made it over Drew Pearson. Yeah, shout-out to yeah, 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 yeah. Drew. <laughs> you know, I was, not, I was yeah. never so happy to, to watch that dude. Oh, did you guys have, like, an evil little grin watching that video? <laughs> they did it to me again. They, they drug it out. Yo, I, I, it I, I tweeted out David Akers at the draft shouting and being like, Harold Carmichael's in and Drew Pearson isn't. Yo, listen, you know, after what that mess that he pulled in uh, Philly for the NFL draft, that dude is going to get, yeah, that dude's going to get. I was no, happy. Yeah, I was happy about it. Yeah. Sit your, <laughs> sit your ass down, 88. Sit your ass down, Hail I did Mary. all I could do. I can't do no more. Before we get on out of here and, and, and say our uh, goodbyes for the season, let's go around the room and just get some uh, Super Bowl predictions. Gail, let's start with you. Uh, I'm just glad the, you know, the best offensive team, best defensive team is in there. Uh, I think it's, you know, I'm looking at the quarterback, uh, Mahomes. I think he's going to make, you know, he's going to make a couple big plays. That would be the biggest difference. I'm going with the Chiefs by two touchdowns. Chiefs by two touchdowns against yeah. that 49ers defense. That's, yeah. that's impressive. Evan Hollywood Hearn, how are you? I, ha I have a similar stat line. I got. Uh, I, I see the Chiefs coming out rolling. They're really going to start to get, uh, rolling in the second half. I see them winning 28-10. 28 to 10. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's a pretty big differential there. Probably. It's going to be way more entertaining than last year's Super Bowl. Uh, as well. Yeah, I got it. I got oh, it. Yeah, listen, can we all agree that as long as it's more entertaining than last year's Super Bowl, it's we're all in good man. shape? Oh, it's absolutely. a W for all of us. Go ahead, Brian. Uh, got to go with family. So, you know, we're going with Uncle Andy and uh, LaShawn. 
You know, and then on top of that, I got a friend who's a diehard 49ers fan, so it'd be good to rub it Shout in. out to Tim. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Shout his wife. Wifey. Wifey. Yeah. Trox. 31-28 Chiefs. Oh, ben. tight one. Ben, you want to get in on this? I am Ben Barry on Instagram. I got the Chiefs winning. Yep, that's my handle. I got the Chiefs winning only because the 49ers lost to the Falcons and can't trust any team losing to the Falcons. Last time Andy Reid was in the Super Bowl, arguably, it was two things that cost him that game. Number one, the Patriots cheated. I think we can all agree. Mm -hmm. The Patriots Mm -hmm. cheated. Number two, an overall lack of experience in that sort of stage. Clock management certainly would be a third one. But I think the, the script is flipped in this Super Bowl. Andy Reid's coming in with experience. We'll have that team ready. We'll have that team high-flying. And if anything, the inexperience of the 49ers, whether it be their quarterback or their coach or any sort of combination of which, because uh, if you think Richard Sherman is really the only one over there with any sort of Super Bowl experience, I think that's going to... Not to say that the 49ers, their arc isn't going to continue on that path and they won't eventually win a Super Bowl. I just don't think this is the one for them. This is going to be their first time there. I think the Chiefs get the job done, 34-17. to 17. Let's go, Andy. Uh, guys, I-, I think that's a wrap for us for the 2019 season. I just want to um, sincerely thank all the viewers for their support over the season and over the last three years. Uh, thank you to Concha Hawk and Bakery. Monster Energy Drinks and Bud Light for supporting the show. And of course, thank you to NBC Sports Philadelphia for giving us this opportunity to stand in front of these microphones weekly and produce this show. Until next time, let's go birds and we will see you around. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.